This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. It's 12.03, Wednesday afternoon, June 1st. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us on the first noon business hour of the brand new month. I'm Rob Hart. There's a report that Tesla founder Elon Musk is telling workers to return to the office full time or quit. We'll cover that in our next segment. But right now, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen is acknowledging that she was wrong in referring to inflation as transitory. We're joined by David Jones, chairman of DMJ Advisors in Denver, Colorado, and author of the book Understanding Central Banking. David, Thanks for joining us today. You know, they say hindsight is 2020, or in this case, uh, 2022, and looking back on 2021. But uh, if you're all, not only the Treasury Secretary, but also the former chair of the Federal Reserve, if you say I goofed when it came to, uh, d- to discussing uh, inflation, uh, whether it was sticky or transitory, how much weight do her words carry? I think a lot, because I don't think anybody in the administration had admitted that they made a huge mistake in thinking that inflation was only temporary or transitory. Um, In fact, it's here to stay, and it may get worse before it gets better. Is this the type of situation where the the, uh, Treasury Secretary says uh, we made a mistake in assessing inflation a year ago? Uh, Does that calm the markets or does that uh, lend more credence to the belief that uh, that the uh, the Fed was a day late and a shrinking dollar short? I think that's a perfect way to say it. The Fed was a day late and a shrinking dollar short. Uh, They lost credibility in not recognizing that inflation was a problem, and now the Fed has to fight twice as hard to uh, try to bring it under control. We're only just getting started. Uh, When we think about it, the Fed has not even tightened a full percentage point on interest rates yet. My view is they may have to tighten four or five times that much to even have any hope of starting to slow the inflation process down. There's a fundamental problem in the Biden administration, and that is um, their energy policy. Uh, They're trying to attack fossil fuels at exactly the time when everybody needs them. Uh, uh, The uh, situation is uh, green dreamers are in control of that Biden administration reducing exploration and production of fossil fuels, and that's just a disaster. That means higher inflation across the board. 
And it's it's interesting looking back at some of the uh, predictions on uh, oil consumption and gas consumption patterns at the dawn of 2020 was everyone was looking ahead to the next decade. And there are some predictions and there were some ideas just about uh, uh, that maybe uh, oil demand had peaked. And you look back on that and it seems like these were predictions that were made from not only uh, another time, but perhaps another universe and that uh, the reality changed uh, rather rapidly rapidly because of uh, this sudden uh, uh, historic event. You are exactly right. And uh, there's just no question. Uh, Number one, the economy is growing stronger than people thought it would. Uh, Remember that the Fed is raising interest rates to try to cool off demand. But if we look at consumer spending, other indicators of economic strength, the economy is cruising right along. That just simply means that the fight against inflation is going to be harder, and the Fed has to raise interest rates more to have any chance of bringing down those inflation pressures. David Jones, chairman of DMJ Advisors in Denver, Colorado, and author of the book Understanding Central Banking. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. Coming up, a major auto exec tells employees it's time to come back to the office. This is the WBBM Noon Business Hour. Elon Musk is reportedly telling Tesla workers to return to the office full-time or resign their positions. Let's discuss this strategy with Rick Cobb, founder of the workplace consulting firm To Discern, based in Chicago. Rick, thanks for joining us today. Is this directive part of Elon Musk's uh, social media shtick, or is there something unique to Tesla that is uh, driving this directive? I would say yes to both of those and one other. Uh, (laughs) That's not a very good answer. You know, uh, certainly he's iconic and has done things his way. Uh, You can talk about whether he was subsidized and whether he had a lot of uh, he won a lot of lotteries before that, but he did what he did. So he's in charge. Um, It's interesting, though, if you look at uh, Tesla's hiring 2021, they hired uh, they had an increase of 40 percent in their hiring, which is significant for any company and against the performance of Tesla. I wouldn't necessarily say that it aligned uh, with what was going on. Now, if you're going to be cynical about that, you say, okay, well, if things slow down, if the, if there are more competitors in the, uh, in the autonomous driving vehicles, et cetera, et cetera, then may, this may be a great way to cut back on, on overhiring uh, without having to rationalize it as any sort of contraction. Now, that's the cynical thing. Um, you know, if you hire if 40, if you have a 40 percent increase, though, in hiring in one year, I would I think the human resources function for Tesla is tearing their hair out because they had to make some kinds of deals to make those hires. And and uh, I can't imagine that they didn't commit to some sort of uh, some sort of flexibility. So so now you've got a situation where you've made commitments to people, perhaps, and you can no longer. And you can no longer um, hold them. How how um you know how persistent though you know how, when when Elon Musk speaks does the rest of the world listen and is he saying something that a lot of hiring managers don't want to do because the arms race in recruiting is just so competitive and uh, workers have a lot of leverage in, uh, in in trying to get work from home arrangements they want sure. people to come back from the office they just can't say it yet because a number of blue chip recruits are 
or people they want to hire are are going to go to the guy across the street. I think I think that is a fact. Um, typically, the people that want everyone to come back to the office, unless it's functional. Obviously, if you run a restaurant, a hotel, uh, if you have a a, a a collaborative design company, or the function requires that that makes sense. But if you're looking at uh, the modern life, human nature is this. We don't like change. We didn't like it when we couldn't go to the office. And, and, but we didn't have a choice. We were forced to not go to the office. And as a part of that, over two years, we adapted. And now, two, three years later, we don't have to go to the office, and we don't want to change again because that's just who we are. We don't really want to have to put in the time and effort to change. We don't know what's going to happen continuing with COVID. We can say we've got it figured out, but there's no guarantee there. Um, And if I'm a search firm recruiter and I'm in that space, if I'm in the STEM space and his markets, I'm poaching as fast as I can because there's there's going to be a percentage of the talent that will say, no, that's that's not the deal I signed on for, particularly in the in the software side. Obviously, if you're a manufacturing person, you, you know, they pay really well. The benefits are awesome. Longevity at Tesla has not typically been great, and it's been hard to get recognized and move up. Rick Cobb, founder of the workplace consulting firm Two Discern, based in Chicago. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. Coming up next, making sure your credit score is where it should be. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. You may want to check your credit sooner rather than later because it can affect many aspects of your life. Let's learn more from Ted Rossman, industry analyst, creditcards.com, based in New York. Ted, thanks for joining us today. It's always a good idea to uh, clean up your credit, to boost your credit score, but it's an especially good idea right now in this higher interest rate environment where just a few fixes could uh, eventually save you hundreds, if not thousands of dollars. Yes, you want to do everything possible to get the best terms that you can. The general rules of the road here are pay your bills on time, keep your debts low, lather, rinse, repeat, do this over the long haul, and you'll be just fine. There are some things you can do quickly, though. My favorite tip is to lower your credit utilization ratio. This is on credit cards and other revolving debts. What you want to do is bring this ratio down. Credit you're using divided by credit available to you. Keep those balances low. Realize that they're usually reported on the statement date. So consider making an extra payment in the middle of the month to knock that number down. As far as interest rates are concerned, uh, when you are applying for a loan and uh, or, or any type of uh, credit, um, the higher your credit score, what improvement or what difference does that make in the amount of interest that you pay or can save? It can make a huge difference. I mean, especially on something like a mortgage. I mean, mortgage lenders are super selective. Uh, Right now, actually, according to the New York Fed, the median credit score of newly originated mortgages is 776. So that's really, really good on the scale that goes up to 850. I mean, normally something like 740 or above is going to get you the best terms on something like a credit card or a car loan. But a mortgage is a big ticket item. They're very selective. If your score, even if you're in the low 700s, I mean, you might be paying half a percentage point more than somebody who's in the mid to upper 700s. That could be tens of thousands of dollars easily over the life of the loan. 
And then very quickly, we talked about uh, the uh, credit utilization, but what are some other things in your credit report or anyone's credit report uh, that uh, acts as a huge drag on your score? Is it credit card debt? Is it uh, large credit card balances? Or is it some other form of uh, personal debt? Late payments are the biggest problem. If you have an otherwise pristine credit score and you just have one late payment, that could cost you 100 points or more. That's the biggest driver. Debt, though, is second. And, you know, that is definitely relevant as well, especially if you have a lot of debt relative to your credit limits. Ted Rossman, industry analyst, creditcards.com, based in New York. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. Still ahead in Personal Finance Wednesday, deciding when frugality is going too far. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are so let instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date download the instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last minimum ten dollar per order additional term supply the wbbm noon business hour continues good afternoon i'm rob hart these are the top stories on news radio wbbm a member of the chicago city council uses her own story to call for changes in housing policy a police officer in wisconsin won't face charges for the killing of a man six years ago in personal finance wednesday trying to find the right balance between saving and spending also on the financial front deciding if it's a good idea to buy a big ticket item this summer. WBBM business, the markets are lower. The Dow is down 243 points. The NASDAQ is down 122. The S&P 500 is down 36. AccuWeather says much cooler, less humid the rest of the day with varying amounts of clouds, a high of 73, but only in the mid-60s along the lakefront. Right now in Chicago, we have 71 degrees. It's 1231, topping our news at the half hour. A Southside alderwoman is trying to bring attention to what she calls Chicago's broken housing system by telling her own personal story. The details from WBBM's Bernie Tafoya. In 1993, older woman Jeanette Taylor was a 19-year-old mom with three children. That's when she applied for CHA housing or a CHA housing voucher. She waited and waited, eventually having two more children. Who raises five kids in a one-bedroom? I have. Well, I had to turn a living room into a bedroom. Older woman Taylor has posted on social media a letter dated May 20th of this year that she's made it to the top of the list and that she has until June 3rd to indicate whether she still wants a CHA unit. She calls it a slap in the face to wait for 29 years. I don't want people to feel bad for me. I don't want people to be, oh my God, older woman Taylor had to go to this. Well, then prevent other people from going through. Taylor admits she was offered and turned down a place in 2004 for a variety of reasons. Bernie Tafoya, 105.9 WBBM. WBBM has reached out to the CHA for a response. A Wisconsin deputy won't be charged in the 2016 shooting and killing of a man sleeping in a park. Special prosecutors said they couldn't find any legal basis for charging Joseph Mensa. The decision validates a district attorney's finding years ago that Mensa acted in self-defense when he shot Jay Anderson Jr. Mensa resigned under pressure from the Wauwatosa Police Department in 2020. Wauwatosa is just 
southwest of Milwaukee and then join the Waukesha County Sheriff's Department. It's 1232 as the noon business hour continues, sponsored by Meserol Wealth Management. Markets are in the red. We're joined by Hugh Johnson, Chairman and Chief Investment Officer of Hugh Johnson Economics, based in Albany, New York. Hugh, thanks for joining us today. The calendar may say June, but the uh, markets are uh, telling the same story they did in May and April and March and February and January. There's no sign uh, that the sell-off is letting up anytime soon. No, it sure sure looks that way. And I think the real reason is there's deep concerns about Federal Reserve policy. I think we've given up the next two meetings, which are the uh, you know the two meetings of June and July. The Fed's going to raise interest rates 50 basis points. Last week, the reason we got such a big rally in the stock market is there was some indication from the minutes of the uh, early May meeting that they might pause. They might pause not in June and July, but maybe in September, and that gave the markets a real lift. But now we're seeing numbers, quite frankly, Rob, that suggest that there's probably not going to have the numbers to support a pause and that they're going to go through with increasing interest rates, not only the 50 basis points in June and July, but 25 basis points at each of the subsequent three meetings. And there's three meetings uh, remaining in uh, 2022. So uh, no relief on Federal Reserve policy. The Federal Reserve is probably going to go through uh, as scheduled with Federal Reserve uh, with increases in interest rates in September uh, October, November, and December. Janet Yellen, the uh, Treasury Secretary and the former uh, head chair of the Federal Reserve, uh, said that the, there was a misjudgment about whether inflation a year ago was transitory or had the potential to be sticky. We now know the answer to that. It's rather unambiguous. If a Treasury official makes an about-face in such a public fashion, uh, does that reassure the markets or does that give them more anxiety that uh, they're not making moves for which they'll have to apologize a year from now? That's a great question. And you're talking about Janet Yellen, who, in my judgment, is one of the better economists that's available. She's Secretary of the Treasury now, but you should remember that she was head of the Federal Reserve and a very capable economist. And I think, quite frankly, it buoys our spirits, our confidence, not only in the Fed, but in the Treasury, and certainly Janet Yellen, that she's honest and forthright in, in conceding that she was wrong on uh, on inflation earlier, as many of us were, calling it transitory. Now we know that it wasn't transitory. Now we know that inflation is higher and needs to be dealt with. But nevertheless, at the time, that was the judgment, and it was wrong. I, quite frankly, am buoyed by that, and I, I, I really like that. I like that level of honesty coming from uh, of people in Washington, officials in Washington, and Janet Yellen is a perfectly honest and a very, very capable economist. Uh, Hugh, because I, I have uh, very strange hobbies, and a couple of weeks ago I came across an old Chicago newspaper from September of 1974. The page three story was about how the Federal Reserve was trying to uh, tamp down inflation that was already out of control. And uh, it would take eight more years and and, uh, two Fed chairman to actually accomplish that mission. Uh, how can we say that we're not going through that same cycle today that we were going through 48 years ago? You can't say that. And the only thing you can do is to track the data 
as it's coming in. There's some data that leads inflation and tells you where inflation is going. And quite frankly, some of those numbers have been fairly encouraging of late, telling us not transitory, I won't use that word, but telling us as we move to the latter part of 2022 and certainly 2023 for, for a variety of somewhat technical reasons that the rate of inflation will be coming down. But believe me, when I say that, I have my fingers crossed because uh, just as it was in the years past, it's very hard to judge where inflation is headed. I think I can be uh, somewhat confident, but at the same time, very cautious, because obviously all of us have been wrong many times in the past. You just can sort of hope for the best right now. Hugh Johnson, Chairman and Chief Investment Officer, Hugh Johnson Economics, based in Albany. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. Information to make cash and save cash. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. It's Personal Finance Wednesday. There's a money strategy that doesn't get much attention but can still be detrimental. Let's talk about extreme frugality with Mark Horner, wealth advisor at Fairhaven Wealth Management in Wheaton, the website fairhavenwealth.com. Mark, thanks for joining us today. A couple of minutes ago, we talked about uh, cleaning up your credit report and uh, strategies that people can uh, undertake to attack debt and uh, make their credit score uh, more uh, attractive. Now this is the other end of the spectrum. This is uh, people who are too cautious. And I guess, uh, Mark, in, in your business, you call them the coffee can people because that's where they keep their money. Uh, that could be one term for them. I think other people might uh, might describe them might describe them differently. And I, I guess it's it's true just fundamentally in financial planning. You'd, we'd all need to work on spending less than we make. So that that is a that is a truism. But that pendulum can swing can swing too far. Just like and just just like anything else, striking the right balance is the is the important thing. I'd, I'd love to I'd love to give some specific metrics, but it's, I think it's really situational. Uh, on whether on whether somebody is maybe taking frugality a bit too a bit too far, and so I I think uh, for me the definition is going to be at what price what price am I paying for the frugality? So so for example, I'm sure we've all been out to dinner with a group of friends. Somebody volunteers to to, to collect the the money for the check, and the collector of the money ends up a hundred bucks short. Uh, from the from the bill, and so you got to go back around and get people to dig back into their pockets. Uh, so I'd say if you find yourself not getting invited out to dinner by uh, by friends as as often as you might as you might like, if there's stress about frugality with relationships with maybe your with maybe your kids or your or your spouse, that maybe you're taking frugality a little too far, and you might want to you might want to rethink it. And uh, you know, a lot of it, you know, th- this is this is psychological. Maybe there was just some sort of experience that you had with money growing up. Maybe your parents uh, were fretting about money all the time, and uh, you carried that with you for the rest of your life. I mean, there are some cases of of very famous and very wealthy people who were extraordinarily frugal the rest of their lives because they had they knew what it was like to be poor, and despite their fabulous wealth and 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 their and their acclaim world the world over they still carried that fear with them. You're absolutely right, Rob. And and and, and a very common uh, a very common experience for us with clients is when they go into retirement, uh, they they almost need permission to spend money, which which makes sense when you think about somebody that saved for 
30 or 40 years to then immediately flip the switch. Now it's time to spend. Uh, many people struggle making that, making that change. And so it's really important, we think, to understand, to keep in mind that money is just a tool. Uh, you know, we, we think it, it's just a shame uh, for people just to stare at their account statement and look at a number next to their name and never, and never really make that transition to understanding it's a tool to make things happen. And again, in balance and in and in and in moderation, but uh, uh, underspending can sometimes be uh, as big a problem as overspending. And so, really trying to find that trying to find that right balance, we think, is key. And then, very quickly, I mean, there are some people who just simply have a fear of investing because they've heard stories about people who lost it all for one reason or another. But in this environment, especially uh, in this high inflation environment, you got to put your money in some vehicle that will keep it ahead of the rate of inflation. Absolutely. So you're talking about risk takes many forms. And so right now, if you're getting 1%, I don't even know if you're getting that in a savings account with inflation at eight plus percent, you are losing money in, in purchasing power, whether you, whether you recognize it or not. So that's a, that's a very different risk than stock market or investing risk, but it makes it no less real. So, uh, so really, really understanding and being aware of the risk that you're taking uh, is another important, another important topic. We could go, we could go on for a while on that one, Rob. Mark Horner, Wealth Advisor at Fairhaven Wealth Management, based in Wheaton. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. Check him out online, fairhavenwealth.com. Join us this time tomorrow for Technology Thursday and still to come, deciding if the time is right for a major purchase. Money conversation that pays a big dividend. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. If you're in the market for a big-ticket item, you may want to think twice before making that purchase. Let's get some insight from Ed Jertsen, certified financial planner, founder of the Engage Wealth Group based in Chicago. The website, engagewealthgroup.com. Ed, thanks for joining us today. When we talk about a big-ticket item, what are some of the things that we are discussing? You know, let's talk about summer fun, right? And when people think summer fun, they often think about boats and RVs and let's say the such. And so when it comes down to buying these items, you really want to pay attention to just what the cost of that funding is, right? Whether it's a loan through a bank or a loan through the, uh, through the company selling that item, just be very aware of that cost along with a whole other array of costs. I mean, for the, the, it goes like there, there are a numer, uh, there are numerous cliches about boat ownership that should probably give anybody pause before they actually think about ponying up to buy one. Uh, there's the one quote, you know, a boat's a hole in the water you pour money into. Uh, the other one about the, you know, the happiest day of your life is the day you buy the boat. The second happy is the day you sell it. Uh, a boat is a big commitment. There's maintenance, there's fuel. Uh, you have to uh, rent a space in a harbor in order to uh, keep the boat uh, during the season and then find an off-season place to stash your boat during the winter. Um, are there other ways that you could uh, enjoy boat ownership without all of the responsibilities? Are there clubs? Are there rental services? Yeah, all good things. And there are clubs that we're aware of around the country that you can have a fractional boat ownership share, right? Or go rent a boat. I mean, if you, unless you're living your life on the water, really think about the highest and best use of your time and money. And to your point, Rob, a lot of these cliches are not cliches, but they're wisdom. Because, again, the impulse to buy, uh, buy a boat, go on the lake and have this great you know, weekend and, and water skiing and such, 
comes down to the reality of what you just outlined, the cost and ongoing maintenance. So yeah, so if you're really looking to buy a boat, look at alternatives that might be better, not only from a timing perspective, but also for your pocketbook. Now, let's say your uh, lifelong dream is to get a Winnebago with a big kitchen and then uh, just drive it from state to state. Um, are, are, it, that also costs a lot of money, that recreational vehicle. Um, and a lot of people took advantage of that during the pandemic because that was the only way to get around or do anything. You know, you didn't want to fly somewhere. Resorts were kind of iffy. So you got in the RV and hit the open road. Um, are there rental services or fractional ownership services for an RV? Yeah, before dropping five figures on a brand new RV, absolutely. Go rent, go see what it's like to live on the road for a week or two out of a you know 100 square foot sort of unit. That is really the key to all of this is that, again, you don't want to just make that big capital commitment up front and, and end up with large payments, financing payments. You know, rent first to make sure it's adaptable to your lifestyle. So that's great guidance in terms of, again, seeking alternatives to rather just purchasing this, you know, 40 foot vehicle that'll sit in your driveway because you want to drive it every other, you know, every other year. It seems like the first test of RV ownership should always be try to merge onto the northbound Kennedy at Irving Park and then get all the way over to the Kennedy side of the uh, junction. Uh, If you can do that in the RV, you're golden. Well, I drove a 40-foot panel truck moving our son from Kansas City, and I can tell you without a question of a doubt, Rob, that was the most stressful drive of my life. So, yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Work your way up to sort of these bigger rigs, because especially if it has a rental on the side of it and it's a large vehicle, please, all other drivers steer clear. But, yeah, absolutely and seriously, look for alternatives before making a big plunge financially to make sure that, again, whatever item, that big ticket item, it fits your lifestyle and your budget. Ed Jertsen, certified financial planner and founder of the Engage Wealth Group based in Chicago. Thanks for joining us. If you missed any part of the Noon Business Hour, the replay will be available shortly on the Odyssey app. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.